0: The late Dr. Fred Craddock once remarked, If we censure Martha too harshly, she may abandon serving altogether. And if we commend Mary too profusely, she may sit there forever. This story has traditionally been read as reflecting the tension between two opposing forms of discipleship, action and contemplation. If we place the story in its wider context, however, it opens up a much broader interpretation. The past few weeks, we've been reading about the first missionary journey. Remember, the Samaritans refuse hospitality to Jesus and his disciples because they are on their way to Jerusalem. And in so doing, the Samaritans reject the gospel. In contemporary storytelling, we narrate a story from beginning to end. But ancient authors would sometimes sandwich the main point into the middle of a story. This technique is called a chiasm, from the Greek letter chi, which looks like an X. A chiasm is a literary structure which makes two or more statements, and then makes the same kind of statements in reverse order. A, B, B, A. There's often a key point in the very center of the X, that is not repeated. ABCBA. This section of Luke's Gospel begins in chapter 9, verse 51, when Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. Samaritan inhospitality, A, ends with Martha's active hospitality welcoming Jesus and his band of disciples, A prime. Symbolically, Martha embraces the gospel through her activity of hospitality, a key feature of the kingdom of God. When the parable is detached from the larger narrative, the force of Martha's positive activity of welcoming and hospitality becomes obscured. The episodes sandwiched in between these two stories are the sending out of the 72 disciples, the instructions for missionary life and the story of the Good Samaritan. At the center of the section, after giving thanks to the Father, Jesus says privately to the disciples, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. All these things that are happening are pointing to the coming of the kingdom of God. Just after this, the disciples meet the lawyer whose question about eternal life leads to the answer, in the Good Samaritan parable. This parable ends with the admonition, go and do likewise, namely, to treat one's enemies as a neighbor with compassion. Immediately after the parable, Martha generously welcomes Jesus and the disciples. She exemplifies the ideal disciple, universal hospitality being one of the marks of discipleship, along with compassion. Martha is burdened with much serving. The Greek word used is diaconia, from which we get our word deacon. In the Acts of the Apostles, the apostles are burdened with much serving and appoint seven others, who are called deacons, to share the burden of ministry. Warren Carter suggests that in naming Mary as her sister, It's reasonable to conclude that Martha and Mary are partners in leadership and ministry within the Christian community. In the previous parable, Jesus praises the action of the Samaritan. Remember, there were 14 verbs. Jesus does not lift up the behavior of the priest and Levite, who led the scholarly, contemplative life of the day. Mary is often admired as a symbol of the idealized contemplative, off somewhere in prayer. In fact, Jesus will teach about prayer in the very next section, but that introduces a new section. Today's gospel is the conclusion and resolution of the dilemma posed by inhospitality. The story itself suggests something more startling. Mary is admitted to the public role of disciple. With the others who were traveling with Jesus. To sit at the rabbi's feet means to apprentice oneself as a disciple. Both women can be seen as exemplary models of discipleship. Both assume roles that are usually performed by men. In Middle Eastern culture, the head of the household is the one who offers hospitality to the guest or stranger. Abraham entertained the three angelic visitors, while Sarah eavesdrops from behind the tent. In this instance, we must assume that Martha is the head of the household. On the surface, it seems like Martha is in competition with Mary, and Jesus' comment to her appears to support that. The double naming, Martha, Martha, is a common device when God is speaking. In Genesis, when Abraham is on the mountain, about to slay his son Isaac, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, Martha has already addressed Jesus as Lord. James Allison suggests that Jesus' comment to Martha is probably a pun, which does not translate well from the original language. Allison imagines Jesus saying, Martha, Martha, you want Mary to help you with the serving, but I just want to serve you. We see this spelled out directly in Luke chapter 12. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Truly, I tell you, He will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. So Jesus is turning the tables on us. Whenever we welcome the Lord, the Lord in turn welcomes us. The one who is our guest becomes our host. Precisely what is described in Mary's revolutionary song in Luke chapter 1 is now taking place, He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. At the Last Supper, Jesus poses this question to his disciples. Who is greater, the one who is at table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am in your midst as one who serves to choose a better portion, is to hear the call of Jesus inviting us to sit at his table and share the meal he has prepared for us.